Welcome back, everybody, to Drag Time with Heclina. Thank you for joining us for episode 29. We are loving the tips, which help us to offset our expenses and grow our audience. If you like what you hear, you can visit us on uh, Venmo or Cash App, where we are found as Drag Time, or visit our website, www.dragtimewithheclina.com, for other ways to support us. I'm really excited to uh, to introduce our guest today, somebody I've worked with a couple of times. Uh, she is a New York City drag queen, a writer, comedian. She made her name uh, performing uh, as part of the marriage equality marches and ma- made even more of a name for herself when she competed in uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10, where she made it to the top five. She has a wildly popular YouTube channel where you can find her shows, Review with a Jew, She's also a little bit of a nerd. She writes for Slate, Art Forum, Vice, and GQ, and she cooks with Bon Appetit. It is, of course, Ms. Cracker. Hi, Ms. Cracker. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm hearing some. I'm hearing some New York noises. How is New York? Oh, New York is wonderful right now. They say that she's dead, but she's the Walking Dead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've not been there for a couple of years, but uh, I mean, you're finding things to keep yourself busy, obviously. Oh, absolutely. All the time. That's like part of my neuroses is I'm always finding ways to occupy my little demon hands. <laughs> so you are uh, you are a big cook. Are you cooking a lot for I mean, this is kind of a nerdy question because I like to cook, too. Are you cooking a lot with the holidays around? Oh, absolutely. Stuff? Yeah. I just got myself a new ninja blender that I'm uh, using to make everything soft for my aged teeth. <laughs> Uh, do you, uh, this is another really random question. Do you make marzipan? I haven't yet. I haven't made okay. marzipan yet. Right. I don't think, no. <laughs> it's just something I've been obsessed about, but, uh, cause you can Christmas make anything. And, you can uh, make any sculpture out of marzipan, right? Exactly. And I, I was raised part of my childhood in Scandinavia mm. where marzipan is a huge yeah. thing. And, you know, they have marzipan, marzipan pigs and marzipan fruit and all yeah. this stuff. So, yeah, um, I feel like I'm you need it for a U-log, too. Like if you make a U-log, you make some marzipan detailing. Um, yeah, I remember uh-huh. maybe maybe when I was just a, a waif of a young thing, I used to do that for French class, you know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> just to let you know the signs were there early you know yes well did anybody have a clue yeah i'm sure everyone had you, a clue i was the last one to know you know well it's funny with me because i had like you know i had so many clues for my parents and they were so surprised right it's like really uh i lived i bet midler was my favorite you know was the person I played all the time, yeah. and that was still a shock to yeah. you, but whatever. Oh, my God. Uh, are you celebrating Hanukkah or Christmas? I'm sorry to intrude. Oh, I'm celebrating the hell out of Hanukkah, I think, and uh, um, I have two singles out. I have uh, Eight Days of You with Jujubee, and I have uh, my single Get Me the F Out of Here, which is all about spending time with family. And your song with Jujubee came out on the 10th. Tell us about working with Jujubee. Working with Juju B is so easy. She's so relaxed. And it was exactly that way on All Stars, too. Uh, when everyone else was stressing, she'd take a nice long <laughs> nap on the sofa right in front of everyone. <laughs> I love that. Um, oh, so zen. <laughs> so, uh, of course, a big part of your identity is your uh, your love of uh your Jewish heritage. And I want to ask you are, mm-hmm. are you friends at all? Or do you, have you ever worked with Lady Synagoga? Yeah, we've worked together on a few uh, things, uh, a few Hanukkah celebrations in New York. 
Um, and that was a lot of okay. fun. I even made some hair for her. I think I made her the hair for her uh, New York Hanukkah celebration in like 2015 or okay. something like that. I just asked because I, I worked with her a couple times at when she came out to Oasis to host a party called Mazel Top, and she was hilarious. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She's great. Now she's now she's transformed into the uh, into the muscle oh, queen. Really? Um, yes, yeah, she has. I, I noticed on her Instagram, um, she's taking a bold new Cameron Michaels path, you know. Speaking of muscle queens, I perused your uh, Wikipedia page last night, and it says you have a black belt in karate. Yes, I do. I do. So Um, you can be your own bodyguard. And I have to be. I used to, when I was walking around uh, in New York, on the streets of New York, to my gigs late at night, um, I would carry brass knuckles with me, and I always felt secure because I knew. I would tell my my co-pilot and friend, uh, Caitlin, I was like, if anything happens, run, and I'll handle it, you know? So you could really fuck somebody up if they fucked with you, huh? Yeah, that was the idea. (laughs) Hey, Mitch Cracker, I was wondering, since um, there's shelter in place and everything, like, are you able to keep up with your karate practice or do you go to a a dojo? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) I, I went to bed. I went to bed at 830 last night and I got up at nine and I said, no. I am not getting up now. And then I got, and then I woke up at one. Like that's how, that's how my quarantine is going. It's like, I always, when in, in those moments where your bosses ask you, like you, when you're getting interviewed for a job, they always ask you, um, like, what's your one weakness? And I'm like, well, my weakness is that I will always rise to the occasion. If there's something immense required of me, I will always do it. If nothing's required of me, I will do nothing. And I think that is my biggest weakness. You know what I mean? Like there's, in quarantine, since nothing is required of me, I am a slave. That is, well, that that's it's very tempting, you know, and uh, because literally we're being told, yeah, to stay at home and not go out. I mean, what per, what more perfect excuse do you have to just sit there and watch television and whatever? Oh, absolutely. I'm reading a book called My Year of Rest and Relaxation about a girl who t- just takes a bunch of Ambien and sleeps for a year, and I'm like. God bless her. Like, but goals. have you have you ever had to use your your karate skills like in real life? Uh, no, I actually haven't, which is surprising considering that I'm a uh, queer kid walking around in um, a, the big city and uh, in full drag a lot of the time. Um, you would think that it would something would happen to me, but uh, um, no, no. You don't adventures. really seem like the victim type. No. So probably you wouldn't no, be singled out. Stomping around. <laughs> yeah. um, it also said in your Wikipedia page before Drag Race that you worked as a school teacher in Senegal and that you speak Wolof. Yes, my name Wolof. I uh, didn't teach. That's actually, I didn't teach mm-hmm. in Senegal, but I taught Senegalese nationals in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. English. And they taught me Wolof in return. Um, And so I spent a lot of time in Senegal, um, where Wolof is one of the main languages. And uh, it was a really fascinating time of my life around 2012. You have a really fascinating biography. It also says here that, now this is a very, uh, really brave thing to do. You held a fundraiser for LGBT rights in Uganda. Is that so what That's what right. what brought that about? I mean, obviously, I've I've read about the horrifying uh, gay, you know, like the the death sentence imposed on gay people, or uh, you know, there was you know, that whole thing in yeah. Uganda. So that was a brave thing to do. Can you tell us about that experience? Well, when I was writing for Slate, uh, someone gave me a tip about a. Uh, 
about gay pride in Uganda, um, which was a very secret um, event that was held for queer people um, throughout Uganda. And uh, that I believe the first time that I was writing about it, um, they were having some success. And so um, when I interviewed them, I was like, well, you know, what can I do to help? And they're like, well, we want wigs for our drag pageant and we want some funds for our, uh, for our events. And I was, so I was like, Hey, I think it was Monet exchange. And I uh, pulled together a uh, um, fundraiser and pulled together a lot of wigs um, uh, to send over that were donated. Um, and, uh, it was a really great experience. I, it was being shipped to Uganda. So I think I had to take it to the package that I was sending was so big. I had to take it to the airport and like buy it. A ticket oh, oh. Or something, like that, <laughs> something absurd like that. I remember being in a, in a cargo hold, um, and just sending this thing on its way. It's so funny because as, uh, as Western gays, you know, we take it, we take, so take for granted the freedoms we have. And so just the mere act of, of holding a rainbow flag in Uganda must be so revolutionary for them, you know? So it, it really, it really is. And, and at one point, one of their, um, pride events was attacked by the police. And so they really, uh, we're putting their lives in the line to celebrate pride and to celebrate their community. And, uh, we need to remember that what we have is not available everywhere and to reach out as a community to other communities that do not, uh, enjoy the privileges yeah, that we no, have. It's very true. I, I mean, it's, it's so easy to be a gay advocate or a gay uh, activist in a city like San Francisco or New York, but I've always had so much admiration for the people in, you know, mobile Alabama or whatever, who were there doing it. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, props, props to you for doing that. Um, uh, so I'm, I have another segment here called Ms. Cracker's Projects. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, it says you've been described here as a vocal advocate for women's rights. Tell me about that. Um, well, big part of that is my podcast that came out. Uh, mm -hmm. She's a woman. Um, but it all began with my show, American woman and American woman was basically inspired by the fact that about 70 to 90% of my audience is women. And I was like, if I'm going to um, keep running around the world screaming, she's a woman <laughs> um, and have a 90 percent female audience, then I should make a show for mm -hmm. women. And uh, so I did I did the show American Woman. It toured in Australia, New Zealand and the UK. Weirdly, not in the US. Mm. Um, <laughs> and um, uh it was a really great experience. And part of it was I was interviewing incredible women in my own life and uh, hearing their stories and hearing the challenges that they face as women in their fields. Um, and I just fell in love with this, their stories. And I was like, damn it, I don't want to stop. So I made it into a podcast where I'm going to do a series of 52 interviews with amazing women. Um, and I think it's very easy for cis gay men um, to overlook the fact that they are propped up by their female friends in so many ways. And, uh, and definitely were in high school and junior high and, and, you know, elementary school. And, um, you know, women have been there for us, uh, marching at our sides. Uh, women like Marsha P. Johnson have been throwing bricks for us. 
Uh, so like we need to make sure that we give back and we make sure that the allyship goes both ways. No, I think it's very true. I think that, um, that, uh, well now I want to ask you the, the, uh, the one side of that is a lot of the times drag queens have this, they're uh, accused of misogyny and making fun of women and exploiting Mm -hmm. women. My response to that has always been that all of my, the people I look up to, Growing up, all the people that I want to emulate have been strong women. And so uh, what when I do drag, although I can't really lie and say that I'm giving any illusion of being a woman, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, but I do, I do wa- I want to emulate and, and worship these strong women, like uh, all the people that have influenced me, like Elizabeth Taylor and, you know, well, you know, I, I could go on forever about the women that I've been influenced by. Mostly Hollywood, mostly classic right. Hollywood stars or whatever. So, so I don't, yeah. I don't see drag as as a, uh, a misogyny or or uh, ex- or exploitation. What, how, how do you have you ever had those kind of criticisms aimed at your drag? It was a question that I asked in a Slate article um, when I was first writing. I think it may have been one of my first articles for Slate, and uh, I think that um, what I found is that. Um, it all it takes is just being conscious uh, while you're doing drag um, to be mm-hmm. loving. And I don't think, I think people are saying that drag is inherently misogynistic. And I think that there are misogynistic drag queens for sure, but I don't think that misogyny and, and the hatred or mockery of women lives in the DNA mm-hmm. of drag. Um, I think it lives in particular mm-hmm. Queens. Um, so I, I, I think my answer is that it comes down to the queen. And if you are, you know, like you, uh, recognize the, the idols that you looked up to and, and the women in your own life that um, have been there for you, like, you know, um, I don't think that there's any way it can be anything but a celebration of uh, womanhood and how many different kinds of womanhood are possible. And what do you think of the term fag hag? Oh, I mean, I guess we're not allowed to say fag anymore. Uh, well, I mean, I, um, well, I, yeah. I certainly do say it uh, when, when I'm when I'm when I'm yeah. referring to myself. I I don't. I mean, I'm I'm allowed kind of to call myself a fag because well, I'm gay and and, and I want to earn it. it. And yeah. you know, I uh, it's reclaiming that title. You know, I was called fag in really hateful ways when I was growing up, and now you know, I don't. Like there's nothing anybody can say to me that's going to really hurt my feelings at this point. So, uh, but I've, I've I've tried to come up with a better term for strong women that that are allies. Oh, there's you know. so yeah, there's I mean, there's so many. There's like fairy princess and fruit fly and all of that stuff. But all of those have a a, a, a negative connotation. Um, I wonder, is there a term for a gay boy that hangs around only women? That's what I would, that's what I would wonder. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Cause that's um, me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, there's all kinds of, there's now like a, a drag, uh, uh, wait, a, a fag stag, which is, um, straight men who only like to hang around gay men. There, there's, there's so many different things. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't. It's know a new about subgenre that. because, like, in San Francisco, uh, before I moved down to Palm Springs, you know, I had a straight trainer at my gym. I had a straight hairdresser who lived in the Castro. I have straight. I have straight male right. friends, and because they do not like the toxic masculinity of being around other straight men with that the whole bro culture you know so um so anyway it's i just find it very interesting 
interesting. And and you know what? Maybe uh, when it boils down to it, I don't I don't need to give it a label because you're right. A lot of the strong people in my life have been women um, who have stood by me. They've stood by right. me through all my you know all my ups and downs, ups and downs, and those two week relationships mm-hmm. and yeah yeah. The, uh, Drama. <laughs> Speaking of drama, we have uh, Mark's High School Drama Club uh, has uh, we have a they've submitted a question for you if you'd like to answer it. Oh, that's wonderful! Great. So this is my uh, now adult high school drama club. Sometimes they like to send some questions in. Um, so that it is really so is funny. fun. So here's a couple from our pal Casey Goldsby. In your opinion, what was the best lip sync for your life? and or lip sync for your legacy and obviously this is a question about uh rupaul's drag race oh in my yeah your opinion only um lip sync for your life um i mean i loved bob's uh um lip sync for her life on uh on her season in uh season eight um i thought that was that's been such a dance inspiration for me mighty real that's what she did. Um, and then uh, memorable lip syncs for your legacy. Oh, I mean, I would have to choose my own with Morgan McMichaels. Um, that was my favorite because I, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a pretty good lead in for our other question. Here's Casey again. Besides your own, what elimination did you think was complete and utter bullshit? Oh, what elimination on Drag Race did I think would... Oh, my God, I feel like there's so many. Um, well, I think Monet Exchanges uh, was mm-hmm. bullshit. Um, but thank God she went home because uh, I needed to be top five. <laughs> <laughs> and why, why, did you th- why, why did you think her elimination was bullshit? Oh, because she's just... I mean, she's just as... She has proven and shown since she's such a... Uh, powerhouse of talent um you know she could well have gone the distance um so uh it's just you know she and i've been working together for almost five years now we had a show together for like three years at a place called hardware here Mm -hmm. in new york and she's just indefatigable Mm -hmm. she is just uh wow you said that word really well i always thought it was pronounced indefatigable Oh, maybe. <laughs> let's ask okay. Webster. So, uh, yeah, so let's. So, we talked a little bit about you mentioned Bob the drag queen. So, Bob is your drag mother, and uh, you guys met randomly. You want to tell us about that? Yes, that's you right. You were uh, walking and cruising, or no, just you take it away. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, you know, using my favorite um, transportation mode, uh, drunken mm-hmm. stumbling. Um, home to my apartment and I saw this guy uh, stumbling through the snow with a bookshelf and I was like, you know, I should help that tall, handsome guy out. Um, So I ended up helping him take uh, his bookshelf to his apartment and uh, it was like four blocks away and six flights of stairs or something like that or something ridiculous. Um, And as soon as we got in the apartment, he turned on the light and there's all these wigs and dresses everywhere. And I was like, oh, what's this? He's like, I do drag. And at the time, I was completely just appalled. Um, and uh, 
he was like, you should try it sometime. And I was like, uh, maybe, which was like, which is gay for no. Um, and, uh, but we became friends and, uh, after six months of nagging, I finally tried it and I became Miss Cracker and he became Bob. Oh, wow. And tell us about how did you get your name, Miss Cracker? Um, It comes from Brianna Cracker, my original drag name, like Brianna (laughs) Cracker after my favorite snack. But then somebody else had uh, Brianna Cracker um, in Utah. So I just dropped it to be Miss Cracker. And what was it about when you saw the wigs and, you know, the dresses and the wig heads and everything? Like what your initial reaction was like, no, girl, like, what is that about? Can you tell us a little bit more about how you were feeling? I mean, I thought drag queens were crazy and uh, it's been a kind of layered experience because I came to find out um, that they are just people like anyone else. And then later came to found out that they are just Mm -hmm. crazy. Um, So it was like it was like I went through a period where I was like, no, drag queens are just like anyone else. And now I know that my initial reaction was right and I should have (laughs) run. They are all crazy. You're right. Yes. Yeah, they're all monsters, just monsters. I mean, anyone who wants to be the center of attention so badly that they can't even audition for a Broadway show, um, like they won't even audition. They just want to be the center of attention now. Um, I think that's the heart of drag. Any, that's a sick person, and I'm proud to be among their number. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what is this question? Do you want to take this question away about about the pickle, Miss Cracker's pickle? Yeah, we got to talk about the pickle. So um, I really love your your pickle uh, costume. And can you talk, tell us about that? That's a Garrow Sparrow piece. Is that right? Can you That's tell right. us about Garrow? Yeah, can you tell do. us a little bit about Garrow? He's a costume designer, a, a glover, a corseteer. Yeah, Garrow is out there. He makes things for um, Beyonce and for Madonna and for Nicki Minaj. And he's truly, uh, you know, let's just say she's worth every penny. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I wanted to... Um, have my pickle remade by one of the best of the best. And actually, uh, Troy Allen, um, at the, uh, Garrow Sparrow studio headed up that project and designed me, helped me design this incredible, um, glittering, uh, pickle to sort of, um, it had to be functional and beautiful. It had to glitter and sparkle, but also had to come off in a single swipe, um, and, uh, we had a blast it's, putting it's it together. Is this, this asymmetrical pickle? Yeah. Ham. I, I, was I love crazy. it. And is that because it had to come off in a single swipe because there's a pickle reveal? Can you tell us anything about that? There's uh-huh. a pickle reveal. Yeah. The, the pickle reveal. Like I throw off my pickle and become my glamorous self. I love it. And, uh, um, and is this uh, a part of Dr. Dill or uh, I think there's some memes out there that's like, just deal with it. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah. 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 Dr. Dill was just like a very, uh, popular moment for me in season 10 and, uh, a very beloved moment. And I certainly didn't expect it to become, uh, such a hit, but it did. And, uh, I was like, well, you know, God damn it. I'm going to capitalize on that. Yeah. Worth it. Definitely worth it. We love your pickle. Yeah. Yeah, I love it too. Miss Cracker, we are all looking forward to 2021 for very obvious reasons. Tell us about tell us about yes. your tour that you're uh, undertaking uh, next year. 
Well, as soon as it's safe, and we're hoping next summer, um, I will be doing my She's a Woman tour, which is brand new stand-up, brand new video content, brand new choreo, brand new songs. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to take it around the U.S. because I really haven't done a solo U.S. tour. I've done the U.K., uh, and Ireland and Europe several times, but I, I haven't been through my own damn country. So let's, let's do this. It's going to be the U S and Canada and the tickets are available on she's a woman tour.com. Wow. That's amazing. So you've never done, you've never done a one woman tour in the U S that's so crazy. No, I've never done a one woman tour in the U S and maybe I'm blessed. I'll find out. (laughs) What, What cities, maybe you don't know yet, but what cities are you most looking forward to going to? Obviously, you know, everybody loves to play New York and San Francisco. Okay. But that's a little obvious. What other other, um, cities in the U S would you like to visit if you get the chance? Oh my God. I love Minneapolis. I love Champaign, Illinois. I love, uh, um, let's see. I love uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and I don't even know what cities we're going to be going on to on this tour, but those of all the places that I've been in the U S for some reason, those are my favorite places to go. So if you get a chance listeners to go somewhere in the U S and you want to go off the beaten path, those are great places to go. Those are good recs. Well, thank you. Uh, you know that we are all so, so looking forward to 2021 and I hope, well, I really hope you'll be coming through Palm Springs because that's where I'm based right now. But um, but I hope to yes. see you uh, in person once all this madness is over. Thank you for coming on Drag Time with Heclina today. Of course. Thank you so much for having and thank me. thank you for letting us play your song, Eight Days of You, with Juju B. Uh, happy holidays, Miss Cracker. Uh, uh, where can people find you and connect with you online? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at M-I-Z underscore Cracker. Okay. All right. Well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Heclina. Uh, All I want for the holidays is for you to subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about Drag Time with Heclina. Thank you so much again, Ms. Cracker, and happy holidays to all. Mask for mask Eight days of you 
open so I can lick your eyeballs in days of you. Someday in a while, you'll walk down the aisle with somebody who's not me. But for just these eight days, it could just be weird days. Holly jolly gross and Oh my gosh, what time is it? <laughs> it's time for you to go. No, it's time for dinner, silly. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, the blouse from Laos, my favorite lady. Oh, I love you so much, Miss Cracker. Am I your favorite snack? Oh, you're my favorite everything. Oh my goodness. What a mensch. Mensch? Womanch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the take right there.